Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, Sam Reese tells us about how she liberated herself from perfectionism with her shitty craft club. Using whatever materials you have, whatever energy you have, it's like you're putting all this into this craft and it, it, it is what it is. And it's perfect. But first, it is our chance to sit down and unwind from the week that was with two excellent humans. With us this week is Taylor Lorenz. She's a columnist from the Washington Post and the author of the new book, Extremely Online, The Untold Story of Fame, Influence, and Power on the Internet. Taylor, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Also here is Margaret Willison, culture writer, podcaster, and faculty at Not Sorry Productions. Margaret, hello. Hi, Greta. It's an honor to be here. Yay. Okay, so this week we are going to go all in on Halloween. But first, I must ask, is either of you going to read the Britney Spears memoir? Taylor, is that up your alley? I'm going to read all the takeaways from it. I probably (laughs) won't read the actual thing because I've slammed and burned out, but I, I want to know what's in it. <laughs> Perfect. What about you, Margaret? I'm so on the fence, Greta. I know mm. I'm probably not going to read it, but the audiobook is narrated by Michelle Williams, and I'm wow. trying to figure out if that like will make it worth listening to even while the story is going to be extremely depressing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That sounds, I mean, Michelle Williams, like I, that's confusing for my brain. I think, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I definitely know what you mean. (laughs) Okay. So let's jump into this Halloween nonsense. There are some very silly stories out there, including essentially a profile of Lewis in the New York times. Lewis is a pumpkin headed ghoulie guy. He's super tall. He tells jokes. He costs $180 at target. He is very TikTok famous. Then, of course, there is Skelly, who is a 12-foot Home Depot lawn skeleton. There's one two doors down from me in my neighborhood. Washington Post did a story about how he is so popular, not even Home Depot can come up with a competitor. (laughs) He costs $300. Um, In general, I kind of hate most Halloween decor, but I'm really (laughs) curious where y'all fall in terms of like things you would put in your yards if you ever actually had a yard. Okay. There's this content creator, Ali Spagnola, and she's actually covering one of the 12 foot tall Home Depot skeletons with like disco tiles to make it a giant disco skeleton. Oh my God. I want, (laughs) that's what I want in my yard. (laughs) I've never wanted anything more in my life. (laughs) Right. And this is what I think this was presented to us as panelists, as like Lewis versus Skelly. Like mm-hmm. what? who's going to win? And I feel like this is the thing that would just make me decide in favor of Skelly. Like Lewis is a gay icon and I salute him. <laughs> um, but Skelly just, there's a simplicity to the 12 foot skeleton mm-hmm. that invites so much creative energy. It's really seasonless. It's classic. It's chic. And I just... <laughs> You can say a lot of things about Lewis, but I don't think you would describe him as chic. And so I just think Skelly the 12-foot skeleton. I, I, 
it's just, it's one of those basics everyone should have in their closet. That's what I think. <laughs> okay, but can we go back to the Lewis being a gay icon thing? Because <laughs> this this comes up in the New York Times piece. And I mm-hmm. have to say, and I don't know if I'm just too straight to get it, but I don't get it. Well, a little bit like the Babadook being a gay icon is a lot of it is just sort of like we decide that it is so and then it becomes a self-perpetuating bit. That said, Greta, did you hear how the man says, I'm not a jack-o'-lantern? My name is Lewis. <laughs> because that was definitively gay. <laughs> I may only be bisexual, but still. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. No, I love it. I support it. Yeah, what? I think there is power in queering straight decorations. Okay, okay, that's fair. We are claiming this territory for ourselves. It doesn't need to have rainbows on it to be gay. It just needs the slight hint of a lisp Uh and like some real heavy sass. Okay. Okay. That's fair. We'll take it. Okay. So another story I wanted to talk to y'all about is about Halloween costumes and the Screen Actors Guild. So SAG-AFTRA, which has just passed hundred days on strike, recently released a memo to SAG members about how not to scab for Halloween. They are concerned that if actors dress up as characters from a recent movie like Barbie or a TV show, and post it online, it's essentially promoting that project, which violates strike rules. Mm-hmm. I think this is fascinating. I should disclose, I am a member of SAG, but obviously we are not part of the actual actors <laughs> part. So I am not on strike currently. Um, Margaret, what do you think of this? I mean, I am so excited. I am so excited <laughs> to see the creativity that this will unleash at Heidi Klum's annual Halloween party. <laughs> Right. Already, Heidi's ahead of the game because, like, she's going as what a giant, terrifying slug. Right. So (laughs) Heidi's already on this level, but everybody else is going to have to get up to her level, and they can't just be like, "Oh, I'm Barbie. (laughs) Like, I'm cute." Okay, this doesn't make any sense to me though. Like, since when do actors dress up as characters in their own films? I feel like I spend a lot of time on the like People Magazine, Us Weekly, like. Mm you know, slideshows of like Mm -hmm. celebrity Halloween costumes. I feel like they mostly pick other, like a lot of, I guess you're right. There are a lot of like pop culture references. Yeah. I mean, the Barbie movie is like the only one that like really stands out to me. Like the other movies from this year, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Like if it's a huge loss. Well, it's not just movies, it's TV too. You know, there are going to be no yes chefs. This Halloween. Yes, I do think the bear would have been one. I think the bear would have been one. And I think there would have been a lot of Barbies and Kens. And I would have enjoyed that. I will. But I also unequivocally support the union, to be clear. (laughs) And this does leave the door open for someone to come in a super realistic bear suit and just say, I'm here as the bear. Mm, I wonder if that would violate the terms. I really do, too. (laughs) They put out this flyer that said, uh, choose costumes inspired by generalized characters and figures such as ghost, zombie, (laughs) spider, etc. Disco skeleton. There's so (laughs) many Halloween costume ideas. I feel like if you can only think of like the two TV shows or or I can't even think of a single TV show. To me, it's like only Barbie. (laughs) That's like, yeah. And like, if you can't be creative, you're supposed to be a creative actor. You can come up with something. <laughs> also, you have like an entire publicity and et cetera team. Like they can't help yeah, you figure something you out. Have if you PR have a PR person. Yeah. yeah. So Taylor, are you going to dress up? Halloween is my favorite holiday by far. Oh. Like by, I only watch horror movies. <laughs> this month is like my month. 
Um, anyway, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to be, but I'm going to my friend's party on Friday. So I have a couple more days to figure out. I, you know, I'm immuno, severely immunocompromised. So mm-hmm. I obviously am going to wear my mask. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to incorporate. Last year, I drew spiders on my N95. Um, <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. So, yeah. I might try to do something, something like that. <laughs> I have a costume this year, and it is not strike compliant, but that's okay, because I'm not in sad. <laughs> but I'm going to go as um, Paddington Bear. Oh, wow. Uh, I found a very affordable blue toggle duffel coat oh. on Poshmark, yes. and I'm, I'm building it from there. Just a little red hat with um, ears pinned onto it. Yeah. Um, I invested in some house slippers that are designed to look like bear paws you know it's gonna be it's gonna be painfully cute I love that also because it sounds very cozy yes I'm I'm very into that as well I was over at some uh, friend's house in the suburbs over the weekend and they have a four and a half year old and he's gonna be a ghost for Halloween but he asked me what I was gonna be and I told him I wasn't gonna dress up and that I was just gonna be myself and the <laughs> the level of just like complete boredom and disdain when I said that he was just like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> it was delightful um okay so Taylor I mean you kind of are in a last minute Halloween costume camp but do you have any suggestions for people who haven't figured out who don't want to be themselves but haven't figured something out yet <laughs> gosh I mean again I will just advocate for bringing out the masks. COVID is surging again. And I feel like it's a good time. Like everyone's getting sick of these Halloween parties. Like you might as well, like you could like literally just put a mask on and be like a nurse or like color it, make yourself a zombie or something. I don't know. Another, another Halloween hack I've, I've done before is like basically wear pajamas. (laughs) Just like be like, I'm sleepy time or like I'm whatever, you know, it's very low, low effort. Um, yeah. But I did do that one year. I love that. I mean, speaking of comfortable. On the theme of bears, the sleepy yeah. time bear is an icon. I think I'm going to call him a gay icon as well. Oh, um, And I feel like yeah, that's a good last be. minute. That's a good last minute <laughs> Halloween costume. That's a fun one. Yeah. I will say, I mean, I thought about dressing up as Barbie just so that I could get a pink jumpsuit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably I'm, get one anyway. Let's be Yeah, honest. exactly. Greta, like they're their own justification. <laughs> that's true. Well, Margaret, Taylor, happy Halloween to both of you. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. I (laughs) hope everyone has the best Halloween. (laughs) Me too. In just a minute, we are going to learn all about Sam Reese's Shitty Craft Club. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Our next guest, Sam Reese, is the comedian behind the TikTok account Shitty Craft Club. It's intended to be a safe space where people can create art with no pressure and just 
blow perfectionism out of the water, get rid of it and just make something for fun. Shitty Craft Club is also an event series and now it's a book. It's called Shitty Craft Club, a club for gluing beads to trash, talking about our feelings and making silly things. And the book is a vibe, just like Sam's own art is. I call this aesthetic raised by the Lisa Frank polar bear in an abandoned limited two. For a taste of what some of these crafts might look like, here is Sam describing her space on TikTok. This is a plastic bag I hung on the wall. Then I also got it tattooed on myself. Hot dog for the wall. Obviously bagel and shrimp for the wall. I'm in the process of making a beaded basketball. Made this glasses holder out of trash I found in an Ikea box. It's cool, but unstable. What do you have to do to be part of this glittery, neon, all art is great art club? The answer is whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, truly, you could just like staple two (laughs) pieces of trash together and be like, this is my membership card. And I'd be like, I love it. (laughs) I really love how much you're focusing on, well, I guess not focusing on uncentering perfectionism around this because I feel like it surrounds everything. Craft is so intensely, especially on social, right? Like the whole thing is like, look at this gorgeous cake. I sweated over for hours. I'm not going to show you my sweaty face, you know? No. Or, you know, here's my gorgeous apartment. It actually always looks like this and uh, Mm -hmm, um, never mm -hmm. any different except right off camera. It's a disaster. Right. (laughs) Right. I put the mess right outside the frame. Absolutely. Oh, God, isn't that just such a perfect way to encapsulate (laughs) social media? Um, But yeah, perfectionism is something that I've struggled with uh, my whole entire life, not Mm. to brag. And (laughs) I, yeah, really, really started to kind of work through it obviously I still have days where I struggle Mm -hmm. with it but uh, I yeah I largely shitty crafts have really helped me be a beginner again and and allow myself to just sort of experience things as someone who's bad at it I'm bad at this new thing that's okay Mm. doesn't have to be perfect or you know I'm just showing me I'm trying to be my most authentic self and authenticity I think is the opposite of perfectionism I don't know Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think so. I think also the idea that this isn't about making pretty things so that you can sell them is pretty great just because it, you know, it's like taking another hit to capitalism, which I always kind of appreciate, you know? Yeah. Except, you know, for the book part of it. But besides that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do you feel about that part? How are you navigating that? You know, I, I think about this a lot because I have accidentally become a professional at making my hobbies, my career. Do you know I'm really I mean? good at that too. Yeah. Yeah. Turns yeah. Out, uh-huh. Oops. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's kind of, it, there's no other option. I mean, we can't have one job for the rest of our life. It's just not possible anymore. It's not mm-hmm. available to us. So, um, you know, I'm a freelancer. I, I do lots of different jobs and they are all pieces of my hobbies, <laughs> you know. So the book, you know, I I I'm aware I don't like to use Amazon. I I try to push bookshop.org, local bookshops, but it was definitely um something that was on my mind when I was making the book that you know, they were talking about making all these kits and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, but let's use creative reuse stores to mm-hmm. source this stuff. I want to do events with local businesses so trying to keep it as indie as possible but it's just it's you know it's hard to do in our beautiful capitalistic life <laughs> mm, 
It is. It's tricky. It's real tricky. So what do you think people have gotten out of like the freedom of making shitty crafts? A lot of people have messaged me just to say they've been in a tough spot, really anxious or burnt out. Mm -hmm. And making something silly has really brought them a little bit of joy to, you know, in a dark place. And and, and really, it's also a way to connect with people. So if you start a little craft club, you can make new friends, build a little community. That's That's been a big part of the club from the beginning, community and friendship and giving you that like sort of middle school dance vibe, you know, <laughs> that, that's what I that's what I want to evoke. But the fun parts, not the like, I'm nervous to grind with that guy. I was going to say, I think your middle school dances were a lot more fun than mine. I guess like the middle. I just remember a lot of angst, <laughs> a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety. Um yeah, a little, but like the movie versions, I guess, the yes. the glorified versions. <laughs> yeah, no, I can picture what the good version is. I just don't have it in my own experience. <laughs> well, you have to come to a club and then you can heal. Oh, that sounds amazing. I would Great. love that. So you have a entire section about pom-poms, which I was thrilled by because... <laughs> I love pom-poms. I have probably, I have like at least two sets of pom-pom makers of like varying sizes. I learned how to knit when I was 16. So the pom-poms are very knitting adjacent for me. Oh, yeah. But you make a string of them and you string them up in your room or you just make one and give it to a friend and they hang it up in their cubicle. Like they just bring so much inherent joy, I think. Yeah, they're the they're the perfect size, no matter what size they are. They're just cute. Yes, they're, they're soft. Yeah, they're yeah. squishy. Um, yeah, I I got really into pom poms. The probably the first year of the pandemic. I feel like it was mm. the first. I don't want to say professional craft, but you know, more in line with like <laughs> pom poms have been around forever. People have been making them, and I was like, let yeah. me let me get in on that. And people do some cool stuff with yarns I don't know how to knit or crochet or anything any of that but I can make pom-poms and um I yeah I decided I wanted to make a headboard out of them oh my god and if you know anything about pom-poms they they're fun but they do take a minute they do take a minute (laughs) gotta do a lot of wrapping (laughs) yeah so I spent so many hours just watching vampire diaries and making pom-poms and I think I gave myself arthritis (laughs) That's but that's but it's worth it because yeah. you got to watch Vampire Diaries and make pom poms. Yeah, and I created this beautiful tapestry that is sort oh of falling God. apart after moving three times. But oh yeah, she's hanging mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> um, I think we should also discuss the emphasis on shitty because I think that is like <laughs> sure. a really important and liberating. And we kind of touched on it with the perfectionism thing, but I like why shitty in particular. Yeah, so shitty to me. It can mean a few things, but the main re- the main definition to me is that it's not about how something looks. It's just letting it be whatever it is, using yeah. whatever materials you have, whatever time you have, whatever energy you have. It's like you're putting all this into this craft and it's, it, it is what it is and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm letting it be shitty if it is or, or it's going to, you know, there's no yeah. pressure on it. Um but it can absolutely also be like, I'm going to cover this trash can and hair. And that's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. And that's my shitty craft, you know? <laughs> well, I think too the whole, the, like the sh- leaning into the shittiness of it all, I think 
frees you from self-judgment, which is so easy to right? Like I think, you know, especially when like, and kids don't have it, right? Like that's part of the beauty of being a kid is that I think there is so much more freedom around like, yeah, draw something. Nobody's going to be like, wow, what a dumb looking giraffe. Like good job drawing <laughs> the thing, you know, but I think right, and the kids are get, like, this is my masterpiece. Yeah. You're welcome. Take it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, as we get older, there's so much more imposition of like, Oh no, if like, why would you do it? If you're not good at it is such a common thing that I think we're told. And it's so, it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so fun to try new things and, and that's how you learn to do yes. them. You have to start somewhere yeah. and it sucks that, yeah, the, the idea is like, start with this one thing and that's your thing. There you go. Yeah. Don't do anything else. That's all you get. God forbid Sucks. you try something new. But yeah, the self-judgment of it all is like a huge part of it. And I always do an oath at the beginning of every event that's like, you have to promise that you'll love whatever you make unconditionally, that you'll never throw it away. Promise <laughs> me. Look me in the eyes. <laughs> and then also promise me that you won't press charges if you burn yourself with a glue gun you know we have to cover all of our bases but yeah it's it's amazing at these events to watch people get so focused and you know they're they're finding they're sourcing craft supplies for each other they're walking around they're making new friends they're they're just letting loose and it's it's awesome that's really sweet okay so i feel like we have to talk about the shrimp (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) we have to yeah that was the one thing I requested. I was like, let's talk about the shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your one demand for this interview. And I'm Absolutely. happy to oblige. <laughs> so tell the good people about the shrimp. Yes. Well, listen, <laughs> shrimp to me, I don't know. It's funny. They're funny looking. I yeah, love them. They're little um, squiggles. They're, they're the, funny. They're a little squiggle. Yeah. And they move funny. They look funny. And I just thought it would be so silly to make a huge one like the size of a baseball you know and it turns out i'm not the only one who (laughs) is obsessed with the look of shrimp there are a lot of artists out there who make shrimp art and it's amazing (laughs) oh the phrase shrimp art just did something really specific to my brain i loved that you're like i need you're gonna see a lot more shrimp art i'm gonna send i'm gonna dm you so much shrimp art good i can't wait (laughs) Something I've thought about a lot, and I'm sure you have too, is the distinction between craft and like capital A museum art and the fact that craft isn't taken as seriously, largely because it's often done by women. Are you running up against that tension in your own work, you think? Oh, yes. I went to an exhibit at the Whitney in New York that was like a history of art and craft, and it was mostly centered around women and the versus the patriarchy in fine art versus craft and mm-hmm. there's some incredible art in there. I mean it's all art. I think a lot of it to me is is these definitions are coming from a patriarchal <laughs> point of view. And I, I think originally maybe the definition was like a, a craft is like a skill that you you build over time and art is like the expression of blah, blah, blah. But to me, it's all an art. And I I was at that museum and there was a, a painting. Some guy was looking, I don't know. And he, I literally watched this man go, I prefer Picasso. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like he's looking at some piece of art created by a woman and he just says, I prefer Picasso. I was wow. like, why? Just say the thing out loud. Just say I don't like women. Just say it. But <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I, 
yeah, it was annoying. And I wanted to fight him. Um, yeah. But in a museum, you can't do that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I hope that we can expand our definition of it. And there, I mean, if you look up the Liza Lou kitchen, like it's a kitchen made of beads. It's insane. It took her five years. Everything is like hand beaded. Um, and I look at that and it's under technically under craft, like arts and crafts. Wow. And it's like, no, that's yeah. a full art. That's a full art to that's me. Art. Yeah. That's like capital A art. Yeah. So I think it, it really the definitions to me are just a way to put women down to put you know non-binary artists down it's just like to build men up and call themselves artists it's an ego thing it's reinforcing and existing power structures absolutely that's yeah. a great way to say it yes yeah exactly you even think of like beating just in general like it's so it takes so much patience and it's intricate and it's mm-hmm. delicate mm-hmm. and some guy fucking splashes paint on a huge ass canvas and he's like well mine is art actually <laughs> get over yourself go touch grass i hate it <laughs> so before we let you go i was wondering you know we're in sort of like peak halloweeny um like fall vibes season yeah. And I was wondering if you had any fun suggestions for a very seasonal craft for sweater weather craft. Ooh, sweater weather craft. That sounds really nice. Right? Well, listen, you can always glue rhinestones to pumpkins. <laughs> no one's no one's telling you you can't. I've That's got put big plans. Googly eyes, rhinestones. <laughs> dress her up. <laughs> you can really turn any activity into a craft. I, like I will affirm that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in instead of going out, a craft. Mm, you are speaking my language. I yeah. love that. Falling, falling asleep during a scary movie, craft. <laughs> <laughs> Too scary, gotta go to sleep. <laughs> the opportunities are endless, and I love that for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This was way too much fun. Yes, I'm so glad we're friends now. <laughs> yes, me too. that's it for this week thank you as always for listening along with us don't forget this coming tuesday is the last tuesday of the month which means we have our panel discussion of this month's book club book which is lauren groff's the vaster wilds and of course in the meantime you can keep up with us in our facebook group which i have to say is one of my favorite corners of the internet this amazing thing happened in it over the weekend where someone was literally in a bookstore and was like hey nerdette group I can't remember the name of this book that was mentioned on Nerdat once, and it's about lesbians and submarines. Can someone please help me figure out the title? And like five people chimed in immediately with the title, and that person was able to get that book at the bookstore. Well, I don't know if they actually got the book at the bookstore, but I do just love the idea that you could be facing some sort of intense personal book emergency and could be like, you know, who's going to help me? The good humans of Nerdette headquarters. And they will, in fact, help you, which is why if you're not in this group, you probably should be. It's very easy to become a member. You just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Nerdette HQ and request to be in it. And then we add you. It's delightful. Nerdette is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR network. And our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. We will see you on Tuesday.
my friend Catherine has done what I think was a TikTok uh, craft um, where she took to- tomato plant cages, which are sort of like little wire cones, and then you top them just with like a round piece of styrofoam. And then you put lights under there, and then you just put a very cheap plastic white tarp over them. And you have really cool little ghosts for your lawn. And I gotta say, that's a great that's a great craft. If you cannot get a 12-foot skeleton to bedazzle with mirrored tiles to make a disco skeleton. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.